You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Hypocrites. Hello my radio friends, welcome to the program today. What I want to share with you today might be challenging for some. To begin with, I want to share three very short stories and I want you to see what they have in common. First, a father says to his son, Son, you must never smoke. The son replies, But Dad, you smoke a pack a day. Second, Sir Richard Branson lives on an island so that he doesn't need to pay taxes. Yet, with the effects of the coronavirus restrictions, he held out his hand to receive millions of dollars of government financial assistance to keep Virgin Airlines solvent. Third, Al Gore produced a documentary called An Inconvenient Truth to encourage people to reduce the carbon footprint in the world. Yet he leaves a huge carbon footprint with all his private jet flights. So what's the common link in all these stories? Yes, that's right. The actions of the characters do not match their words. Such people are rightly called hypocrites. Unfortunately, probably almost everyone has been guilty of hypocrisy, pretending to be something that they're not. In our time, scammers pretend to be from, say, a government department in order to get your money. Scammers are very active in dating websites, pretending to be genuine and yet deceive people with false information and false photos, again, to get money. Hypocrites are everywhere in our times and have been throughout the world's history. They are described as being two-faced. Jesus, the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter all had something to say about hypocrites. Jesus warned about them in Matthew 24 verses 4 and 5, where he, speaking about end time, said, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. In his time it was obvious that the religious leaders were living double lives, saying one thing and doing another. Chapter 23 in Matthew is entitled The Seven Woes, where Jesus pronounced judgment on those who were supposed to live exemplary lives. Those seven woes or condemnations were they taught about God but did not love God. They did not enter the kingdom of heaven themselves nor did they let others enter. They preached God but converted people to a dead religion. They taught that an oath sworn by the temple or altar was not binding but that if sworn by the gold ornamentation of the temple or by a sacrificial gift on the altar, it was binding. The golden gifts, however, were not sacred in themselves, as the temple and the altar were, but derived a measure of lesser sacredness by being connected to the temple or altar. The teachers and Pharisees worshipped at the temple 
and offered sacrifices at the altar because they knew that the temple and altar were were sacred. How then could they deny oath-binding value to what was truly sacred and accord it to objects of trivial and derived sacredness? And they taught the law, but they did not practice some of the most important parts of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness to God. They obeyed the minutiae of the law, such as tithing practices, but not the weightier matters of the law. They also presented an appearance of being clean, that is, self-restrained and not involved in carnal matters. But they were filthy inside. They seethed with hidden worldly desires, carnality. They were full of greed and self-indulgence. They also exhibited themselves as righteous on account of being scrupulous keepers of the law, but were in fact not righteous at all. Their mask of righteousness hid a secret inner world of ungodly thoughts and feelings. They were full of wickedness. They were like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but full of dead men's bones. They professed a high regard for the dead prophets of old and claimed that they would never have persecuted and murdered prophets when, in fact, they were cut from the same cloth as those persecutors and murderers. They, too, had murderous blood in their veins and brought about the death of the one, that's Jesus, who came to save them. The vital issue to do with Jesus' condemnation of the Jewish leaders is, does any of this apply to me? Do I have the appearance of being holy, or is it just a show? Do I appear to be a dedicated Christian, yet within have evil thoughts and intentions? Am I the same person people perceive me to be when I'm alone? where no one is watching? Do I judge others for what they do wrong, yet do similar things myself? Being a true Christian is an around-the-clock, a 24-7 business. We are to live what we believe all the time. Sean Boonstra relates a story about a woman who approached him after a church service one day. She asked, What do you think of someone who nets in church? He warily answered, Well, I would imagine I'd be glad she was in church. The woman then pronounced, Well, I think it is wrong. Pastor Sean was aware that this woman, passing judgment on someone else, herself was a drinker. She criticised fundamental Bible beliefs. She encouraged young people to be liberal with their standards of behaviour and she was also unfit to hold any public responsibilities in church. In short, she was a hypocrite. When one is called to live on a higher moral plane, such as in Christianity, critics find it easy to call certain Christians hypocrites while someone without any Christian allegiance uh, 
that is, someone from the general public, would not be regarded as a hypocrite. It is important that Christians, politicians, teachers, the police and the judiciary live transparent lives. They are to be what you see is what you get, people. Scott Womble has noted, Why is it that Christians are often hypocritical? Well, of course, sometimes people are simply big fakes. But it's also true that not everyone is purposely playing the hypocrite. All Christians do not live double lives. There is another reason why Christians appear hypocritical at times. It's an issue of surrender. You see, sometimes we only give partial control of our lives to Christ. And when Christians live in this way, they never really come to understand the true joy that comes from serving Christ. The result is a Christian trying in his or own strength to muster things up. And of course, that leads to hypocrisy. You can't talk about the joys of serving Christ when you only partially surrender yourself to him. A story is told of old Thomas K. Beecher, who could not bear deceit in any form. Finding that a clock in his church was habitually too fast or too slow, he hung a placard on the wall above it reading in large letters, Don't blame my hands. The trouble lies deeper. And that is where the trouble lies with us. When our hands do wrong, or our feet, or our lips, or even our thoughts, the trouble lies so deep that only God's miracle power can deal with it. Sin indeed goes deep, but Christ goes deeper. Jesus is our example. In him was no deceit and no sin. One day, a sweet little six-year-old girl looked up at her mother and said, Mother, I think Jesus was the only one who dared to live his life inside out. The mother was dazed by the little one's thought. Well, she might be. It carried one of the profoundest thoughts suggested by lifelong study of that divine character. But here it was out of the mouth of almost a babe. She had heard his story. She had seen that he was so pure in all his soul that there was nothing there that he needed to conceal from anybody. Was not he the only one in the history of mankind of whom that could be truly said. What an example. May the Lord give us the grace to live like that. Well, two classic hypocrites mentioned in the Bible are Judas and Peter. Judas was one of the twelve disciples. To all appearances he was devoted and capable. On one occasion, Jesus and his disciples were invited to a dinner in the town of Bethany in Jesus' honour. 
At the dinner, a gatecrasher named Mary came, uninvited into the room where the guests were, and in an act of gratitude, anointed Jesus' feet with a very expensive perfume. And I'll read the account of what happened then from John 12, verses 4 to 6. It says, But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray Jesus, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Well, he did not say that because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, as keeper of the money bag. He used to help himself to what was put in it. What Judas said sounded very pious and philanthropic, but behind what he said was a person filled with selfishness and greed. That showed up later when he accepted 30 pieces of silver to betray Jesus to the Jews. Judas was a hypocrite. What he was inwardly was quite different to what he was outwardly. To his credit, however, he was later filled with so much remorse and shame for what he had done that he went and committed suicide by hanging himself. We're going to have a little break and go on straight afterwards. I'm only human I'm just a woman Help me believe In what I could be And all that I am Show me the stairway I have to climb Teach me to take one day at a time One day at a time Sweet Jesus That's all I'm asking from you Just give me the strength To do every day what I When you walked among men Well, Jesus, you know If you're looking below It's worse now than then Cheating and stealing Violence and crime So for my sake Teach me to take one day at a time One day at a time Sweet Jesus, 
My friends, it's a beautiful thing when you're honest and truthful, when you can look someone in the eye knowing that you have nothing to hide. It's liberating when your conscience is clear. And that's how anyone who takes the name of Christian should be. The other classic hypocrite mentioned in the Bible is Peter. He too was one of Jesus' disciples. Jesus wanted his disciples to know what would eventually happen to him, that he would be persecuted, tormented and eventually killed by the people he came to save. The account is found in Matthew 16, Mark 8 and Luke 9. And I'll read to you from Matthew 16, verses 21 to 23. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law, and that on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. What Peter said meant that nobody, simply nobody, would mistreat, threaten or hurt Jesus while he was around. He would defend him and protect him with all his might. He would stand up for him no matter what. But on the night of Jesus' betrayal, Peter denied he even knew Jesus, and not just once, but three times. What a hypocrite. But like Judas, Peter was filled with remorse, and in the early morning when a rooster began to crow, he wept bitterly because of his actions. I am aware of my own shortcomings and of times when I've been a hypocrite, but I have asked for forgiveness and for the Lord's help to be the kind of person he wants me to be. And if you're sorrowful about yourself being two-faced and ashamed of what you've done wrong, that awareness is a good thing. But do not let whatever it is you have done be a constant burden to you. Ask the Lord to forgive you. He promises that if you are sincerely sorry, you will be forgiven. That promise is found in 1 John 1.9. It says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The word hypocrite ultimately came into English from the Greek word Hippocrates, which means an actor or a stage player. That bizarre compound word makes more sense when you know that actors in the ancient Greek theatre wore large masks to mark which character they were playing and so they interpreted the story from underneath their masks. So the Greek word basically means someone wearing a mask. Hypocrisy is warned against in the Ten Commandments. 
The ninth commandment found in Exodus 20.16 says, You shall not give false testimony against your neighbour. Some versions use the expression false witness, meaning lies. In other words, it says do not tell lies. The commandment is amplified in Exodus 23.7. God is speaking and he says, Stay far away from a false accusation. Do not kill the innocent or the just, for I will not acquit the guilty. If you know what is the truth, then it's hypocritical to tell a lie or even cover up the truth. Jesus instructed us to simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. You can read that in Matthew 5.37. If your yes is a no, or your no is a yes, then you fall into the trap of being a hypocrite, believing one thing and saying another. George Bernard Shaw once said, The liar's punishment is not in the least that he's not believed, but that he cannot believe anyone else. This makes me think about a man who once told me that he did not trust anyone. When I heard that, I thought to myself, this man himself can't be trusted. Later on, I found that he was untrustworthy and was living a double life. Adolf Hitler was a hypocrite. Apart from making promises of peace with some countries and then going ahead, making war on them. But more than that, Hitler often used Christian language in his speeches and talked about blessings from Almighty God. He said Christian beliefs would be pillars of his new government. At news conferences, he handed out pious stories to the press, especially to the religious press. He would often show his tattered Bible and claim that he drew strength from it for his great work. Many religious people welcomed him as a man sent from God. Hitler was a master of outward religiosity, but he had no inner integrity. Jesus Christ reserved his most scathing indictments for religious hypocrites. We read in Matthew 23 of what he said. He said, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. Our Lord alerts us that we must be very careful, lest we present an outward facade of religiosity, while hiding inner hatred, bitterness that grieves the hearts of God, the heart of God. Whether you're a Christian or not, you would do well to follow Jesus' example, to be transparent 
to say and live what you know is right. And may God bless you, my friends, as you endeavour to live according to God's word and God's plan.